Support for this podcast comes from the Innovation Circus, the latest experience from the recruitment events company, hosted in partnership with Broadbean. The event takes place on the 11th of May at the British Library in London, and this year the focus is on social recruiting and future innovations. Speakers from Google, Facebook and Vodafone, amongst others, will be on hand to share their stories and offer real-life case studies for the over 200 in-house recruiters in attendance. Plus, two workshops will offer delegates a more hands-on experience to solve their real-life challenges. Go to www.innovationcircus.co.uk for more information. And if you use the code PODCAST, you'll receive a 20% discount on your ticket. That's www.innovationcircus.co.uk. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine and in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 125 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The hottest topic in our industry at the moment is without doubt artificial intelligence. Pretty much every podcast interview I've done in the last 12 months, at some point during the discussion, we've we've talked about the implications and use cases of AI in recruitment. But taking a step back, do we really understand what artificial intelligence actually is? And do we have enough understanding in the industry to sensibly debate these implications and, and these use cases? To help me answer the question, I'm delighted that my guest this week is Rob McCargo, AI program leader at PwC. Rob is a real subject matter expert in this field, and it's brilliant to have him on the show. Hi, Rob, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me along today. So could you introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Yes, so I'm Rob McCargo. Um, I'm the Artificial Intelligence Programme Leader at PwC. Uh, I do a, do a number of things. Um, so uh, our team looks at both the application of AI to transform PwC from within, but also developing new services and products for our clients to solve their problems. I also get involved with a number of other activities. Uh, I'm on the all-party parliamentary group for AI's advisory board, And this is uh, set up to help inform politicians of some of the policy implications of this technology. I also uh, specialize in the the, the way that the impact of the ethics of AI uh, starting to unfold in business and society through a nonprofit called the IEEE Standards Association. And uh, a number of the other areas I'm involved with would be uh, looking at the impact of our workforces with regards to automation led by technology such as AI and some of the economic and commercial implications as well. Fantastic. So probably the best place to start is, um, you know, AI is a, is a much talked about sort of topic in the, the HR and recruitment industry. In fact, you probably can't go to um, a single conference without someone without someone bringing it up. Um, but, but sometimes I think there's some sort of confusion about what it actually is. So could you could you sort of give us your definition um, of artificial intelligence? Absolutely. So there is a lot of mythology and hype around what this technology actually is. Um, The official definition is that it's a branch of computer science dealing with the 
the simulation of intelligent behavior in computers, uh, or alternatively, the capability of a machine to imitate and mimic intelligent human behavior. What this means in practice really is uh, technology um, that's been around for decades, uh, 50, 60 years or so, that's really starting to come to uh, fruition now due to a number of key factors. First of all, we're seeing an explosion in the uh, curation and uh, collation of big data. And uh, this technology requires huge volumes of data in order to train the models. But also we've seen a, a proliferation in the power of uh, computing power uh, in the cloud. Um, so that's coupled with um, both investment into the technology and the data and uh, some advances in some of the technology has seen a, a real um, amplification of its application to business problems. So you, you know, you, you do a lot of speaking, you do a lot of research, you're, you know, you, you've got a view across a number of different industries. W what are you seeing as um, sort of current applications of AI? How, how's it working in practice at the moment? Um, and what might happen in the future? We're not seeing uh, whole scale enterprise adoption of this yet. Uh, there's still um, a lot of work being done in narrow proofs of concepts, um, to apply to specific use cases. So um, across, uh, for example, the HR function, there is uh, technology starting to be applied to how do you augment the way that you select CVs. Uh, there's some interesting breakthroughs in applying this to the way that uh, video interviewing is streamlined. Um, really, the, 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 the main growth in this technology has happened in the consumer space for quite some years. So whether this is in helping to augment the way that uh, your next movie is found um, or alternatively to uh, help to shepherd you towards your meeting on time. Really, the, the focus now is how do you start scaling this in enterprise to, uh, to achieve really meaningful business outcomes right on that tipping point where we're starting to see some really promising breakthroughs um, in business. And uh, mm -hmm. this then brings both uh, the opportunity to, uh, to, to drive down costs, to drive up revenue, to manage risk better, but it, in itself, it also does present a whole new category of different risks and considerations for businesses to contend with at the same time. That's that's interesting. Um, could you give us a bit more insight into what some of those some of those kind of risks might be? It's quite a few different categories. I think first things first. If the technology scales as many of my colleagues uh, believe it will, it really does start to. Um, significantly change the essence of uh, companies' business models. It has a really transformative ability to uh, disintermediate incumbents. It has the ability to, uh, to really allow new entrants to, to scale very quickly to, um, to challenge the, uh, the, the current market dominant players across all sectors. What the sort of risks we're starting to see emerge, um, and there's been some very well-cited use cases in the consumer market, is when um, there's uh, an issue in particular around the way that the data to train the model is collated and curated. And what this means is that uh, if, you, uh, if, if you're putting in biased data, uh, the, the technology has the, uh, the capability to scale and amplify that, um, that discrimination, which can amplify bias and actually lead to some quite uh, harmful outcomes in business. One of the issues there in particular is the fact that because we all have unconscious bias in us and the fact that the uh, workforce training these systems is overwhelmingly male 
there is a risk of gender discrimination coming through as one particular issue. Moving ahead, though, one of the other issues that we will start to see is this technology, first of all, start to augment our capability, but then move to a capability to make autonomous decisions uh, where there is not a requirement for a human in the loop to, uh, to, to, to chaperone those decisions. Uh, and this, of course, opens up a whole new chapter of different business risks. Uh, one of the issues, first of all, is the displacement of existing workforce. One of the studies that we published uh, recently suggests that um, by the early 2030s, up to 30% of the existing UK workforce could become highly susceptible to automation by technologies such as AI. Uh, to put that in real terms, that, that's 10 million workers in the current workforce. What we also see, though, is uh, because you get this substantial economic boost through the growth in productivity, and as you ever more personalize products and services, uh, you see a consumption boost. It does give us a fairly sizable economic prize to aspire to. And with that, that then brings us the opportunity to think about um, adapting the workforce, lifelong learning, reskilling and retraining to prepare people for uh, a certain future that is, is hard to predict accurately. Um, beyond that, though, there's, uh, there's risks also with regards to um, the, the, the technology not being governed and risk managed appropriately, um, in particular because the most advanced types of this technology are relatively opaque in how they make decisions. They can lead to remarkable uh, breakthroughs and optimal decisions, but the way that you can inspect the algorithm that's making those decisions is sometimes quite a hard technical challenge. And when you start applying this in regulated industries, this can, of course, uh, uh, lead to uh, distrust and potential damage, in particular with the, uh, the, uh, the GDPR coming into force in the next two months. I mean, lots of um, lots of interesting stuff there. And I think we could probably talk for hours and hours about, you know, the, the privacy and biased data and, uh, you know, all the, um, you know, all the significant sort of ramifications of this. But just to sort of, you know, zero in on the um, on the on the jobs part and the displaced workforce um, aspect of this. Um, obviously, there are um, a, a couple of sort of broad views of the future. Um, you know, one's quite optimistic that saying new jobs will be created um and there's obviously a pessimistic version that says uh you know lots of people will be unemployed and there's a hyper pessimistic version where we'll end up living in some dystopia being ruled by robots um where where where, where do you kind of sit um in in terms of the, the view of the future um and, and also what do you think um employers should be thinking about and doing now to prepare for it you're absolutely right there there is a real um variety of perspectives and opinions on this and uh, I think that word perspectives and opinions actually sort of nails it there's very little granular analysis of what might happen and the the fact is is that the uh, the scare stories sell better and they sell better in the press so for example you'll often see a breakthrough in AI um, that has an impact on the workforce and uh, the the word AI is replaced with robot cue the Terminator Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, clip art to go into the uh, the piece in the press, which, as you can imagine, if you're sitting there as a you know general member of society or in the workforce, uh, uh, it, it certainly does increase levels of anxiety. But there's also the other side of the equation: the the, the, the people I refer to as the tech utopians, 
the, the ones that would say, unleash the power of this technology. It will work itself out in the long run. And uh, I think they're also uh, misguided in their approach. And we've started seeing that happen with uh, recent stories uh, with regards to technology impact on society. So my view is, and I'm trying to sort of steer a, a calm, sober, central course through this debate, is that we can be certain that there will be workforce disruption and displacement. It's always happened. It's happened across whatever you want to refer to them as the various industrial revolution stages. In the past, however, we have seen uh, these technological breakthroughs eventually leading to substantial growth, increase in wealth, opportunity, and whole new categories of jobs that we, uh, we never thought we'd have. Um, can we be certain this time? There is a risk that we, uh, we, we look back on history as the sole guiding light to shape what the future might look like. Could it be different this time is a question that's often asked because uh, in the past, technology has tended to displace manual labor. Could this in the, in the future start displacing more cognitive labor, the very preserve of, of us as humans? And uh, there are people that, that suggest that there, there's, uh, there's, there's concerns about technological unemployment, but beyond that, technological unemployability, which is a, is a whole other uh, concern for us. But I think you can only do with, uh, as a business leader or an HR director, you can only contend with the, the, uh, the facts and you've got to take a bit, bit of a big leap into the future. One thing you do need to do, though, I think, is act now. This won't necessarily unfold imminently, but the things you can start doing is starting to adapt your graduate intake. So, for example, we know that our graduate intake will um, substantially change in the years ahead. So uh, a few months ago, we launched um, technology degree apprenticeships with three universities in the UK, which are fully funded four-year um, programs for school leavers where we uh, give them a degree in uh, computer science and that sort of feeds our longer-term workforce uh, strategy. Um, there's also, I think, um, a number of things that uh, business leaders and HR directors need to do as well. You can be certain, back to what I said before, that um, a, a decent proportion of your workforce is equally excited and anxious about the impact of technology on their jobs. Now, we can't protect jobs, but we absolutely can protect people. So I think there'll be an alignment in the years ahead where organizations become far more purposefully focused on, on, their, on their people. How do they equip them? How do they retrain and reskill them? But how do they communicate with them the fact that change is coming but they're going to attempt to be ahead of the curve and uh, put their interests at the heart of it. No, there's some there's some really interesting really interesting stuff there, and uh, you know, obviously, it's something that should be on uh, you know on on the radar of every of every business. Um, obviously, you've got a view across a, a lot of industries, but I'm kind of interested to to see what sort of perspective you might have on um, how AI might um, sort of transform recruitment or affect recruitment in the future. You talked about um, you know. We talked about unconscious bias and all that kind of stuff but from your perspective um how do you think um ai is going to affect that particular industry i'm, I'm very um optimistic um about the uh the application of this technology to uh ai i mean i might sound a bit downcast about it but uh it, I, maybe i'll just uh, reframe it i'm a responsible optimist about the application of this to hr and recruitment so 
what do I mean by that? I, I think the, um, the, the, the whole um, series of, um, of activities in the, re- in the recruitment cycle that um, technology like this can make increasingly more fair, more equitable and more consistent in its ability to uh, make decisions. Um, I, I think about ourselves, you know, one of the largest uh, recruiters in, in the country. Um, if you've got teams of people spending all day on the applicant tracking system, pressing accept or reject, there's no doubt that cognitive dissonance and unconscious bias uh, is, is evidently at work there. So um, this technology absolutely op- offers the opportunity to, um, to, to, to improve those sorts of processes. I always think of it on the other side of the equation, though. If you just leave it to, to work its supposed magic, um, then you are going to be uh, looking at some substantial risks of actually making the situation worse. So, um, so for me, I, I, think, um, I think we need to move on with this. We need to improve um, some of these parts of the recruitment and HR cycle. But we need to do this in a way that actually allows participation. It's not the sort of thing that you just leave as a standalone IT project. And I think this is a great opportunity for HR and recruitment professionals to step up, to become sufficiently adept in the technology, understanding the opportunities and the risks, but to become that domain subject matter expert to help guide and shepherd these um, these applications towards leading to good, positive outcomes for, for candidates and, uh, and the workforce. So final final question um out of all of the you know applications of AI that you that you've seen or you've seen proposed what what was the most surprising one you know what I, I think there's so much attention that goes to the ones that sound sexier and more glamorous and uh, the ones that get a lot of the uh, the media attention for me I think the ones that are actually the most eye-opening um, are the ones that on the first cut sound actually pretty damn boring. Uh, let me give you one example of, uh, of what we do here. So if you can imagine, we've got a 237,000 person organization, um, a multitude of skills and grades and expertise and home locations, as well as thousands of clients. So if you think about both sides of the supply and demand dynamic, the way that that um, is currently matched is um, a very sophisticated, albeit um, human-led activity. And uh, this can lead to some quite you know, uh, negative outcomes. Why are we flying this individual from one part of the country to another on a daily basis? It's not good for her productivity, her well-being, and uh, it probably has an impact on our retention and attrition stats. Some of the um, some of the technologies, such as machine learning, allows you to do some amazing things with optimization. It can make sense of these patterns of data that is way beyond the human's capability to uh, to, to to understand. Uh, so some of these problems uh, we often talk about having more permutations than there are atoms in the universe. So no wonder humans aren't particularly good at that problem. So let the let the AI take away that. Allow your human resources professionals and recruitment professionals to focus on the the relationships the added value activities and uh, make good sense and lead to uh, far more productive um, employment outcomes rob thank you very much for talking to me it's been a pleasure matt thanks for having me on the show my thanks to rob mccargo you can subscribe to this podcast in itunes or via your podcasting app of choice 
The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Thank you.